Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Yeah, Jamie Ellerton, warm at home. Principal over at Canaptus PR. Hello there. Hello from this. Oh, hello from the warm office. Okay. And Stephen Ledrew, <laughs> Toronto based lawyer, broadcaster, and homemaker, now shoveler. I, absolutely. Shovel a lot of snow today. Well, Don't say, Jamie, what else you think I might shovel. <laughs> we already know. We trust never me. do that on this show. <laughs> All right, let's start with a um, couple of, uh, well, the serious headline of the day, obviously, the Bruce MacArthur plea. Chief Mark Saunders uh, not made available to anyone today, which I thought was a little bit strange given the confusion that he himself, I think, started telling the gay village there was no serial killer at all. And yes, there is an independent review underway. But there's also still investigations uh, going into 25 cold cases. I'll start with you on this, uh, Stephen. You know, he is the police chief, and there is an awful lot of healing that is, you know, needs to happen within that community. Should he have been out front today doing making a comment? I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. First of all, his job was to allay fears. There's all kinds of rumors at the time of these murders and other murders, as you say, Alex, another many 25 or so outstanding murders. So to think that there is some complete crazy, well, he's the, the, the guy's is crazy, but to think that it was an epidemic almost, he had to, the chief had to allay concerns at the time. So I think that was his job at the time. Today, when he plead, McCarthy pleads guilty, and there is some closure, the detectives who were on this case were out front, and I think that's as it should be. They were the guys who were out there solving this. They were the ones with the intimate knowledge of it. They were the ones that people wanted to talk to, reporters wanted to hear from, as to the details of solving this case, the details that led to the eight murder pleas, uh, guilty pleas. And so I think it was appropriate that the chief not take away uh, the press, the recognition from these detectives who had cracked the case, who worked very, very hard. He can talk about other things at another time. So, and I have no idea what else the chief was doing today, but I just don't think it was absolutely necessary that he be out. Jamie? Yeah, I actually agree with Stephen on this one. If you look at the acrimonious relationship that the Toronto Police has had with the LGBT community, uh, even before all this Bruce MacArthur stuff came to light uh, a year ago and change, um, I, I, I don't think it would have been appropriate to have him out there kind of making himself the center of attention. I think it was good to have the lead detectives and all the men and women in the Toronto Police that did the hard work to crack this case and ultimately get today's plea. Uh, and in the sentencing hearing, all the victim impact statements and the families will have their time to uh, kind of get, you know, I don't think they'll ever get closure, but a chance to start to uh, ease the the pain from the loss of their loved ones. And uh, when that independent investigation indeed wraps up in terms of what the police have done, and that also looks at the remaining 25 cold cases that have uh, some similar characteristics there, I think there'll be time for uh, the chief to answer questions then, but today was not that day. All right. He will be answering questions, because as you uh, acknowledge, I mean, uh, Madam Justice Epstein is conducting an inquiry of sorts into whether there is systematic um, prejudice against the community by police and what can be done if there is. So 
I mean, this is a long way from being over. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's skip through. I'll, I want to talk about this one, um, and I'll get to the other ones after the break. Canada's uh, broadcast regulator, of course, the CBC <laughs> and several other high-profile cultural groups are are suggesting or putting out the fact that uh, Canadian culture is facing an existential crisis. And among the ideas, of course, being proposed, new taxes on the internet, you know, wireless services, mandated CanCon requirements for Netflix, and prioritizing Canadian content in search uh, engines. And Jamie, I gotta be honest with you. Um, the second I see CRTC and CBC suggesting taxes in that, my head blows up. Oh, absolutely. I think this is absolutely ridiculous to suggest that we need taxpayers' money to pay for culture to uh, have more programs that no one's ever going to watch. The CBC's programs are already ridiculously low-rated. Uh, some of them are doing well, like Kim's Convenience, but historically, they've been awful to watch, and people aren't going to watch them. So the same is going to be true on Netflix. Uh, if we are so fragile as a country that we can't uh, be proud of who we are as Canadians and have Canadian culture uh, without the support of the government, uh, we have bigger things to, to solve in this country. So I think this is a total joke. This is people who have been used to living off of handouts and arts grants and the likes, uh, looking for another round at the pot. And I think uh, the government should say no. At the end of the day, we have a housing crisis in the city at all levels. We need more housing supply, whatever the government's going to do on that. We need to actually get transit built in the city uh, and the funneling more money to create shows that no one's going to watch is uh, but at the bottom of the priority list for taxpayers' money. What are you talking about, Stephen? Don't you want to see uh, Beachcombers 2019? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think that... Um, I'm going to defend public broadcasting because I think there's a place for it. I, I think the CBC, and they have some extraordinarily talented people there, and they have also have, with a lot of unions, hugely a, number, a great number of people who are, are not talented, who should not be there, and it's just like a big government. Uh, so I disagree with the notion that there should be more taxes for it, and I, and I also disagree with the notion that there should be, notion that there should be more taxes for the uh, newspaper industry that the government uh, said we are going to be contributing to. I, if, you, if the news and the entertainment business can't sustain itself, then we do not need the government picking winners and losers on this thing. That's what the CBC does. Mm -hmm. I just think that uh, to get out of this business is the best thing the government could do. And to Jamie's point, I mean, if you had a poll of most Canadians that say, or in Toronto the last week, where the TTC is uh, you know, an hour delayed or an hour and a half delayed the subway, most people will say, you know, give us the real things. We will deal with our entertainment and news. Mm -hmm. we, will, we will go after and we will uh, give money and we'll, because of advertising to the people who do it best. So I think the idea, I agree with the bottom line, the idea just stinks. Yeah. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We got Jamie Ellerton and Stephen LeDrew facing off, and this got eyebrows raised. Doesn't take much these days, but um, take a listen to, I guess, Lisa Thompson, the education minister, had a, a scrum this afternoon around 4 o'clock, and it's not really what she didn't say. It's what she did say. It's really what she didn't say. Take a listen. Will full-day kindergarten still be available to parents, as Jessica asked, this September and for the rest of your mandate? Okay, so again, I, I think it's premature to this fall, Yes, and we're consulting with our education partners in terms of what's working and what's not. And we'll get back in, back in touch with you after our consultation has re 
uh, been concluded, and we have worked through the data and have a report prepared to share with so you. So, in other words, full day kindergarten is potentially on the chopping block. That's not what I said. But you didn't say no. All right, so this is a $1.8 billion program that Don Drummond told the McGuinty government, get rid of it if you're serious about getting the deficits in check. And that was ignored. Stephen, I'll start with you on this. She didn't say it's happening, but the media certainly is reading between the lines. But maybe it's time for that conversation. Should we be axing this program? And I say that as the mother of a five-year-old in kindergarten. I think that the minister gave a very proper response. We are having it next year. So people can plan ahead. That's a year, you know, six months from now. And we are going to be talking about and doing an assessment about it and talking about whether, in fact, it's valuable, whether we need it. I think that's really, really smart because when the government has a whole bunch of programs that they can't afford, they have to get down to whether, in fact, they're going to keep all of them and go more in debt or whether they're going to have to act some things. I mean, if you have, if you have a family budget and you're in big debt, then you look at it and say, okay, what can we ax? And maybe a half a day of kindergarten um, is something that they can ask. I'd love to see the analysis. I'd love to see the uh, numbers on that. And if it came out uh, right now that they say, you know, we could really uh, cut this in half and get back to a balanced budget, I'd say go for it. Yeah, look, I'm not I'm not against that too, Jamie. Just strategically, and as someone who's uh, spent their time in politics, it's very difficult for Doug Ford to be the big bad meanie because taking away something like this, a big freebie that is so expensive for parents, would be he'd be enemy number one. Yeah, Alex, I think the issue actually here today was the communications issue. If you look at what the minister said, uh, she indeed said it's going to be there, and she kind of alluded to the fact there's consultations going on. But the fact that she kind of left it wide open and kind of sounded unsure in her tone as to everything, it just fuels the doubt, which is, again, going to just now fuel rounds of speculation as to what the Ford government will or won't cut going forward. If I was giving uh, Minister Thompson advice today, I probably would have listed off like all the spending that the previous Liberals did, the fact that there is a $15 billion deficit, and that we are working with stakeholders across the province, family, teachers, school boards, etc., and uh, looking at how we best get the results and the best value for money. And I think I would have left it at that uh, to continue to kind of fuel into the program by program, line item by line item spending of will you or will you not continue with this going forward is going to have the government on its heels a lot. And they've got to come back out with a uh, more of a sword and kind of reminding people why they were elected to clean up the liberal mess. Yeah, this is the toughest file, though, and she's not necessarily the most experienced person. And the bottom line is they've got to get that uh, ship righted, Jamie. And and, and the unions are going to make noise any which way, even if if they wanted to reduce hours by like an hour a day. It's going to be a fight. This government or our society should not be run by the unions. Mm. They have they used to have a good purpose, but I mean, let them squawk. I think that you know, there's nothing wrong with going back to half day kindergarten. You know what? You moms, dads should be at home maybe for half a day. <laughs> well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send my little guy over to you. You just live around the block. You, I'll send him well, over yeah, to you. I'm and you... Not home all the time, though. <laughs> well, you can take him with you. You guys can sit at the bar all day. <laughs> I've got eight grandchildren. Come on. Perfect. You ever <laughs> heard? <laughs> I'll fit right. my own daycare in the basement. That's <laughs> yeah. what we'll do. Stephen LaDrew's School of... Uh... Hard knocks, yeah. Hard knocks. I, 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 I would actually uh, <laughs> sign up for that. Um, I do want to uh, play you some audio um, of an interesting comment that the mayor of a small town in Minit- Manitoba uh, said when he was, I guess, at a, at a protest with some yellow vest protesters at it. He got on the back of a flat truck, and here's what he said. And I know what I'd like to do with Mr. Trudeau, but I would be in jail if he did do that. <laughs> 
And I'm sure the first peak that we run through the pipeline when we get it built out west, that he's duct taped to the front of it with that tape behind his ass when it goes. <laughs> Okay, so Mr. Mayor Murray Wright has apologized uh, because the city council was none too impressed. I'm not sure how he didn't think this was going to come out, Jamie. Yeah, if you look at kind of where people kind of get worked up at rallies, uh, sometimes the heat of the moment kind of has them say things that they otherwise regret. Uh, We heard he apologized today, and I I think he moved on, and I think uh, we'd all be better if we did the exact same. No kidding. He didn't regret that, though. He was forced to apologize by all the politically correct person. Listen, he was out there having some fun. You could hear the laughter. He was playing to the audience. And quite frankly, probably everybody in that audience said, yeah, we would agree with that. So, I mean, it was not a sincere uh, apology. It's just, uh, you know, that's the way politics are in this country, particularly in some rural parts where they just don't like what the federal government's doing. So I get it. I get it, but I will not retract. All right. Um, quickly on this one, Britain's press urging social media users to tone down inappropriate criticism of uh, criticism of Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, and Catherine, the Duchess of Cambridge. I guess their um, public feud or whatever has uh, gotten a lot of bad and negative comments. Some of them are very offensive, and the royal um, staff, Stephen, just can't keep up with making them nice tweets. I'm not sure the royals should... Who gives a darn about the tweets? I think that that was a mistake to do this. I mean, it's Jamie's professional view on this, but I mean, uh, from from just an observer, I'd say the royals should be above it. And you have some bunch of dickheads out there <laughs> tweeting about potential disputes and who's in the good books and who's in the bad books and whether the queen is scowling at somebody or not. Just ignore it. I mean, that's one of the rules of politics when you get some bad press. Ignore it. The royals should have the very same and just not pay attention to it. I gotta be honest, Jamie. I, I thought they didn't even, I didn't think they were on Twitter or even looked at Twitter. I thought that was like below them, no? The whole thing's just weird. I think Buckingham Palace coming out to be like, hey, stop criticizing us on social media in and of itself is just going to invite uh, more of it. And if there's things that are so odious uh, that they should not be there to begin with, like all these social media platforms, it sounds boring, have terms and conditions in terms of code of conduct and what you can and cannot do on them. So if it crosses that line, fine, report it and they'll review it. But otherwise, like the royals are just asking to uh, have a few more laughs at their expense in the days ahead around the water cooler. No kidding. going on in Britain then, Jamie and Alex? Because, first of all, the government is in a mess, and now the, the Royal House of Windsor is in a mess. They're all doing the wrong things. They're making the wrong moves. Is there something in the water there? Could be. Brexit is getting to everyone's head. Maybe all right. that's what it is. Got to get going, gentlemen, but thank you very much. Good thing we don't have it here. We'd be in real deep. <laughs> don't, don't add more problems. <laughs> all right, Jamie uh, Ellerton joining us, and Stephen LeDrew, who is not a homemaker, as we uh, tell you he is. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.